Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for January 27th, 2022. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at A&E. Thanks so much for joining us today. Mobility startup ZipCharge has an idea on how to address the anxiety of getting stranded with a dead battery when driving an electric car. Take the power with you. The UK company has created a portable, bi-directional power bank that looks like a piece of wheeled luggage that you would take along for a weekend getaway. Company co-founder Jonathan Carrier says the ZipCharge Go will cost £1,000 to £2,000, which is about $1,300 to $2,660. He says that's comparable to getting a fully installed Level 2 home charge point. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, thanks so much for being a guest on the Automotive News Europe podcast. Hi, Doug. It's a pleasure to talk to you again, and thanks for having me on. Could you please start out by telling us a little bit about the ZipCharge Go? What is its weight? How much charge does it offer? A little bit on the specs on the product. Sure. So the ZipCharge Go is a power bank for your EV. It allows you to charge anywhere you park. In that regard, it's a really new type of charging. It adds a whole new dimension, portability, to the EV charging infrastructure. It was developed for the 40% of people who own cars around the world but can't charge at home. And charging at home is one of the greatest conveniences of owning um, an EV because you never have to drive to a gas station again. You can charge up at the cheapest rate and you can charge up whenever you want with the certainty of knowing that you'll be able to uh, to top up as and when you need to. So we created the Zip Charge Go to solve that problem for those people who want to be able to charge at home but ultimately can't. And therefore it's a device that's very easy to use. You plug it into any domestic socket. It charges up in um, just over an hour on a 240 volt um, domestic supply. Uh, and then you wheel it out to your vehicle and using a type two socket, it discharges at 7.2 kilowatts. So exactly the same as a fixed home charger, a 32 amp single phase supply um, in just over half an hour. That's for the four kilowatt hour version. Now the four kilowatt hour version is gonna be our base product that will deliver a Tesla Model 3 20 miles of range that's more than enough for the average daily commute in Europe um, in the US the vehicle miles traveled are a little bit higher it's about 26 miles uh, on average in the US um, and therefore we'll do a larger capacity versions that will support the the US market the four kilowatt hour version weighs 25 kilos now that is yes it's on the heavy side but we have to be able to deliver an optimized product using Using the technology that we have today in terms of energy density for the batteries, the power electronics, um, and being able to engineer that into a usable product that people can use every day, but is also affordable enough for people who cannot um, install a fixed home charger uh, at home. Does a person have to buy the Go or are there other options for ownership? 
Yeah, so there's a range of options for ownership. So we will sell the product outright, but our model is to follow a hardware as a service business model. Now that is very similar to what Peloton does, which you'll probably be familiar with. You know, you're able to buy the product outright, you can buy it on finance or even subscribe to it. Um, and then you obviously have this classes as a software, the subscription that comes on top. What we're very focused on is about bridging this inequality gap. You know, the people who cannot charge at home will end up having to pay more to charge because they have to use the public infrastructure. The public infrastructure not only costs more per kilowatt hour versus what you pay at home in terms of the electricity cost, but also you've got the added inconvenience of having to drive there, either pay to use the network or wait and queue or even find a charger that works. So what we want to do is deliver a portable charger that costs about the same as a fully installed fixed home charge point. And we think when you do that, that makes it equal and we can try to solve some of these barriers towards EV adoption, where we can encourage people in terms of affordability to be able to say, well, I can switch to EV now because ultimately the cost to charge at home would be the same, regardless whether I have off-street parking and I can install a home charger. That's the first thing. The second thing is we believe we can go further. And that democratisation of EV charging and access to low cost charging at home and where you park your car the most, actually we can make more affordable by employing a subscription based model. Now what that means is we'll offer the go on a um, mobile phone type contract where you pay a certain amount up front, three months let's say, and then you pay a, a low single fee every month to be able to subscribe to the unit. And that'll cost you, uh, when we announced, about £50 uh, sterling a month. You'll be on a year's contract and then it becomes rolling every month after that. And we think when you do that, it actually lowers the barriers even further, makes affordable charging more accessible to more people, and allows them to be able to access low cost charging that ultimately will convince them to make the switch to electric. And when you can do that, everybody benefits. Society, as well as ultimately then uh, the people who have switched to an electric, electric mobility. Could you give us some idea on the rollout plan, where you want to start, when the Go will be available in the biggest European markets, and what's the plan for US and China? Sure. We're focused clearly on the UK because we're British as our first initial market, but we are a global business. It's even in our website address, zipcharge.global. This is a global solution because it's a common problem around the world, whether it's someone living in a high-rise apartment in Hong Kong, through to someone in South Africa that doesn't have off-street parking, through to Seattle, where somebody might live in a condo or even a multi-unit dwelling but can't install a home charger, even if they have off-street parking, they all face the same problems. So we will roll this product out globally. We will fo focus based on where we are today, which is the UK, but rapidly then roll out to the primary European markets, which clearly when you look at the size of those markets today, that's Germany, but it's also the likes of Norway, the Netherlands, which are very strong EV markets where they also have strong, bigger issues around access to charging. What I'd also add there is that's going to come and be a very important market to us are Italy and Spain. Italy and Spain have the highest number of people who live in apartments and therefore don't have off-street parking. It's typically around 60 to 65 percent of people in those countries live in apartments and therefore have to park on street. So in the longer term as we move you know adoption increases we see that Italy and Spain in particular alongside the more traditional established um, electric vehicle markets in Europe will become core to our strategy. 
But then looking further afield outside of Europe, we will launch into the US with our eight kilowatt hour version. That will deliver 40 miles of range. That therefore will be enough to cover the average daily commute and therefore give people the ability to top up their EV daily using the ZipCharge Go so that they can go about their normal driving daily habits. And for China, well, we will see where we get to with Asia because clearly you've got a very dense population, high population density living in apartments. But the same goes for Thailand, the same goes for Malaysia, the same goes for Indonesia and the likes of Hong Kong and Japan as well. So we're very much focused on being able to rapidly accelerate our growth. Our limitation really will be on our funding, our capital raise and the ability to invest the capex needed to be able to roll out the products into those markets, whilst also supporting our business model, which will be selling direct to the consumer. Can you put a couple of dates on some of those plans? Are you thinking about 2022 for getting your first ones out in the UK and then out into Europe? Yeah, so it'd actually be the start of 2023. So we will be looking to open pre-orders kind of middle of this year um, so that we can guarantee to consumers when we can deliver the product and the specification that we've set out. Having worked in the automotive industry all of my life, I understand what it's like when you launch a car and a product and that you have to manage the consumer's expectations. And me and my co-founder are very much about under-promising and over-delivering. And that's why we're very much focused on ensuring that we don't commit too early, that we make sure we can deliver what we say we can deliver, and then meeting that in terms of um, surpassing people's expectations, both in terms of the product, its performance and experience. So in the UK, we'll look to deliver the first units at the start of 2023. And then for the primary European markets, we hope to follow a month or two after that. And then for the rest of the world, the US market, if there's appetite for the four kilowatt hour version, we'll look to come sooner. But otherwise, it'll be 2024 for the eight kilowatt hour version that will follow after the four. Can you give us any idea right now on whether or not you have any orders in your book? Are you still dealing with the, the, the technical stuff in, before you can start taking orders? Sure. Well, you know what it's like working for an early stage company. You know, you, you're doing everything all at once and we continue to mature the technical concept and also the validation of the Go and its performance. So we've been conducting a number of bench testing of critical components such as our AC-DC bidirectional inverter, the battery cells and so forth to make sure we can deliver the performance, but also manage the thermals around it. Um, and concurrently, we've been exploring a number of avenues with a, a very broad and diverse set of customers. Since we launched and announced the go at COP26, um, we've been inundated from around the world. And it really is a testament to the global problem and also the size of the problem that exists. So we now have almost 3,000 people that have signed up as for interest for a pre-order. That's private consumers, but we've got large corporate fleets that are interested in buying the go. We have actually signed some of early pre-order agreements. We've signed into internationally with customers for units to supply in 2023 and we continue to add to that pre-orders agreement. What is the aim when it comes to reaching profitability? It's been a massive challenge with all of the newcomers into the industry. Some have taken up to a decade. What do you anticipate? Yeah well I think you have to separate the two business models between fixed 
charging and also therefore portable charging. Fixed charging has its unique constraints because ultimately it's the capex to install a charge point is actually very expensive because of the civil works that's involved, you know, digging it up, putting the power supply in and so forth. The utilisation of those charge points is also low. When you put those two factors together, a high, you know, upfront capex, a low utilisation, you end up with a very long payback period and therefore you have a long time to get to profitability. The interesting thing about portable charging is you're not limited both in terms of the capex up front because you don't have to install anything. You know, you have a ready-made unit that's portable that you can take anywhere, but also its utilisation is much, much higher because it is portable and you can take it with you. And therefore, the return for the customer in terms of their economics is less than two years in terms of payback versus somebody that would charge in public. And that that time is only shortening as the cost of um, public charging increases. And you may have seen in the UK, but also in Europe, that public charging prices have gone up 10, 15, almost 20% just in the last couple of months as the cost of wholesale electricity uh, has increased. So our profitability targets, ultimately, we will aim to be EBITDA positive by 2025. So actually only within a couple of years, in terms of our very conservative forecast, in terms of the volume rollout that we've deployed, but also our expectations around how we've priced the product and made it accessible to a lot of people, ultimately, we believe can turn a very positive business case and generate a lot of growth for us as a business in the future. What about maintenance and repairs? What happens if my go doesn't work? And another factor is what happens when it comes to vandalism? What about the risk of someone hitting it over the head with a hammer? So let's deal with those two things separately. So from a service maintenance and repair, the the unit will have a warranty. But just like a Tesla, as we're getting used to now with EVs, our unit is fully networked. It's networked to the cloud. It has an inbuilt modem. It has 4G connectivity. And ultimately, what that allows us to do is remote diagnostics. It also allows us to do over-the-air updates. So ultimately, our plan is to not only optimise the efficiency and improvement of the product and how it operates, but ultimately to try to remote diagnose any faults remotely. That significantly lowers our cost, but also allows us to serve the customer much quicker if it's something that can be solved easily by being able to either reset the software or send an update of software that can try to fix something to get it operational. If that's not the case, then of course, what we'll look at is having a dedicated service and maintenance operation that uh, can ultimately try to fix the unit. And what we would do is provide a loan replacement for the time that the unit couldn't be replaced. And ultimately, if it can't be fixed, then of course, under warranty, we'd be replacing the unit. So that kind of deals with the service maintenance and repair. Uh, Around the security and safety, well, you know, that's very important because you're dealing with high voltage chargers here. And the reason why it will take time from when we launched in November last year to delivering the first unit in 2023 is the extensive validation program that the Go is going through. Again, I've said me and my co-founder, we've worked in the car industry all of our lives. Richie uh, has delivered electrical systems and batteries for a number of different car manufacturers. And I've been involved in the launch and development of multiple vehicle programs. We understand the level of safety, security and the importance of the integrity of the product to be safe to use but also reliable in terms of its delivery. And we're very much building that automotive philosophy 
into the development of the Go and its charger. So it will undergo rigorous testing and validation, uh, both in terms of climatic, as well as destruction testing, as well as safety and electrical testing. And we will meet a range of global ISO standards as well as UN 38.3, which talks about the safe use of lithium ion battery packs, which is the same standard as the pack in an electric vehicle that ultimately certifies it for being safe to use in public. And we think that's very important to deliver upon the credibility of the go but also then make sure it's safe and reliable for the customer to use and then the third point around the safety is we know that this is an issue and a concern for consumers even if it takes half an hour to discharge to an electric vehicle consumers are concerned well do i have to stay with it or can i leave it safely plugged into my vehicle so we're taking a number of proactive steps to manage expectations but also give the reassurance to the customer around the security of the go and what we've built into it so first of all the go is tethered to the electric vehicle so it's locked into the charge point and locked into the go but of course someone could always come along and cut the cable and try to walk off with it so that's why we have a number of other measures in place first of all it has an alarm it has an automotive grade alarm and a motion sensor that will go off but it's also connected then to your phone so it'll alert, alert you the second thing you can do is you can uh, geofence its operation so you can set it within a certain radius of your home address and it will only operate inside that geofence zone outside of it it just becomes a dead weight the third thing even if someone then takes it away ultimately it can be tracked again it has an automotive grade tracker on it so just on your mobile phone you'd be able to see exactly where it is that will help with recovery and if you have to contact the police but ultimately what we also then allow people to do is disable the unit so just like you do with your iphone for example through icloud you can disable your phone and that's because the unit is authenticated and um, married to the user and their phone and the app. And there it becomes very important because ultimately only the user who has the authorization and who they nominate to use it can ultimately access the functionality of the Go. So even if someone does steal it, even if they do take it outside the geo zone, and even if they try to ultimately take the unit elsewhere, it won't be functional because ultimately it could only be operationally um, reactivated by us as ZipCharge, but also then it gives peace, reassurance and peace of mind for the customer that it can be safely used, but also it can be securely left with the vehicle uh, as and when it's left on charge. Where will you make the go? And can you tell us who you're going to get your batteries from? We're going through a number of supplier contracts at the moment to deliver all of the critical systems and we are speaking to a range of different players and ultimately in this market as you've seen with the major automotive OEMs you don't put all your eggs into one basket you source cells from multiple providers but you also source cells where they're made and where you intend to make your product so you need a quite a diversified supply chain to not only guarantee the supply but also to ensure that you can deliver the product where the customer needs it so that's the kind of the first thing I'd say uh, around it and as and when we've got strategic relationships in place I'm sure that we'll met, we'll announce those the second thing around manufacturing is we've got a couple of options that, have, that we will be making in the next kind of three to six months 
We could contract manufacture. That's not uncommon with electronic devices, as people know, with Foxconn and Apple, for example. So we have the option to be able to rapidly accelerate our manufacturing footprint by using a contract manufacturer who also therefore has factories around the world. That will give us an immediate acceleration. But we also have the option to build ourselves. And it may well be that in the longer term, we develop our own manufacturing hubs in key strategic locations around the world. Imagine a little bit like the arrival, you know, micro factory that allows us to be able to quickly implement a manufacturing location and footprint that allows us to rapidly accelerate and therefore deliver the product to market. The complexity of the, the assembly of this product is not like a car. It won't take billions of capex in terms of manufacturing and facilitization to deliver this. It's actually about 12 different stations. That's a manual operation with a final test and, and charge and discharge at the end. And therefore, it's something that ultimately we can try to roll out globally and work with our key suppliers on the delivery of the critical components to meet the demand where it's based. And I think if anything that the automotive industry has taught it in the last 20, 30 years is make the product where the demand is, because ultimately that only not only helps support security of supply chain, but also gives you a more a credible and accelerated route to market to deliver the product to the customers. Well, you're off and running with a very interesting product, and we look forward to um, being with you along this journey and uh, staying updated on how things go. And uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Thank you, Doug. Thanks for having me. We reached Jonathan Carrier while he was traveling to the north of England from London. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a wide range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for January 27th, 2022. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a &E. Thanks so much for stopping by. We hope you'll tune in again next time.